Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. You mentioned something before, and I want to take you back because um, we could follow this for a long time. But you mentioned something called a wealth formula or an entrepreneurial wealth formula that you teach. Can you break that down? Because that sounds very exciting. A wealth formula? Um, you said something about like like teaching entrepreneurs wealth, that you have like a thing that you well, teach. It's, you it's, are practicing it, but now you do, and now you live it. What's yeah, that? Yeah, so, so yeah. So the real entrepreneur concept is really that we – we, as an entrepreneur, a real entrepreneur, we build a business that helps us create wealth, meaning, and freedom. And this actually came out of our institute for, excuse the motorbikes outside. Um, uh, this came out of an, our institute for years. Thanks, Mr. Harley Davidson. For years, we've, <laughs> I live on the beach, but we have about, four, I saw about 30 motorbikes out there. There's some groupets, obviously, yeah. But I've all decided to leave now, so forgive me. But, um, we, we, look, we, you know, we looked in the institute and we said, why did people start businesses? And we found three critical things that came out, money, people, and time. So you could take just about every answer they had, and it was either related to a time factor or a people factor. People would incorporate wanting to make a difference, wanting to lead something in the market, whatever. And then you know, money, wanting to be financially free or make more money or whatever. Um, we, we evolved that over a while to understand that the focus of money was actually a big mistake. And so wealth was the key thing people wanted, which was financial freedom. The people connection was really because it's through people that we get meaning. So we get a sense of true meaning and fulfillment through our connections with people. And the most important connection is with ourselves, our own growth and our own, you know, working on becoming the best version of ourselves. And freedom, because I believe everyone that starts a business should work themselves out of their business. They can choose to carry on working in it. But, you know, I'm so blessed to think like I went and canceled some of my dreaded disease portfolios and stuff because if I wasn't here tomorrow, if I was sick for six months, my business is more than capable of running and still, you know, making me money. And that's like quite an amazing sort of thing to think because initially at Real Entrepreneur, I was the business. <laughs> How did you get to translate that? Yeah. Now I've got that other people hosting hard. a summit for teams that run stuff. So it's, it's so really as the formula of wealth, meaning and freedom, you know, I always say, if you wake up every morning and said, how could you create more wealth in your life? How could you create more meaning? How could you create more freedom? And your business is a tool to do that. It's not a survival mechanism. It's not a thing that we mostly get stuck in. We end up being slaves of the business instead of the business serving us. And that's that awareness and that focus and that intention um, is, is what 99% of entrepreneurs don't get. They end up, you know, like they think like most people will come in, Esther, you would have seen it. Like, and you say as a coaching student, they'll go like, oh, I, I need to increase my turnover. I need to make more money. I need, you know, my income's got a problem. My cash flow is an issue. They don't use the word profit, you know, and you're like, like. I'm always like, if we're not working for a profit, like I always laugh at these people like, well, you know, we have nine figure businesses. I'm like, yeah, but you're taking home $25,000. My business, exactly. is more, but I'm earning a lot more money than you. It's, it's, it's like what they say, profit, I mean, like, you know, turnover is vanity, you know, I think the key thing is, is that, that, but the, the interesting thing is because we program to survive, we think the business is there to pay our bills and, and which we barely do often. We just, and we make more money. We just create more bills because that's like a natural and instinct. Creating, most I call it creating your salary. Right. And, and that is a starting point. Right? And, and 
to me, I think it's reasonable to say that when you do first start, you're often creating your salary. That's what you're first starting to do. Sure. Once you've done that and you've mastered it, now you can start to scale out and create wealth and create a business that you own as opposed to a job that you have to do. 100%, 100%. And that, I mean, that Michael Gerber has been talking about that for years and people are still, they still fall into, I mean, I think it's just because we do what we know. So we got a skill and we started business based on that skill. And before you know it, we had to do the skill and 20 other things around the business. And now we're stuck and we're exhausted and we're struggling. And we have to break that cycle. And so I always say, but if you keep coming back and saying, wait, how much is my business holding me create wealth? And I have to tell people that means you're making profit and you invest in sums of money into your financial independence, people. Because some people go like, oh, wealth is well-being because the origin of the word means well-being, which actually means to have lots of possessions if you really want to go into the depth of it. It's like, no, wealth is the accumulation of money and assets. If your business is not helping you accumulate money and assets for your personal well-being of wealth, then then it's not serving you that way. And it's funny how people will write like seven out of 10 in a rating. And then you say, how much have you invested in the last year? No, no, that's not the point. It is the only point. How much is it involving your net worth? Otherwise, it ain't serving you in that space. And yeah, so, and yeah, I, and then, you know. And many people don't huh? have any model for this, right? Like I got huh. it not even that long ago. You know, people say, well, how much money do I have to have to invest? And it's like, there are baseline numbers, right? You want six months of personal living expenses put away, three months of business, you know, running expenses put away. And above that, you can start investing. Right, because then you've got a runway, you've got security. Some people, I know people who sit on, I know people who sit on millions of dollars, but I, even people who sit on tens of thousands and, and hundreds of thousands of dollars, like, why are you sitting that? I don't know, because maybe I'll need it. No, you need six months runway personal, three months runway business, and the rest go start building wealth. So 100%. you have to run yourself ragged for the rest of your life. You know, someone asked me actually years ago, I haven't thought about this. Um, they said like, what would you do if you had a bunch of extra money, right? And at that time I was still creating my own salary. And I said, you know what I would do? I would scale up. I would build programs and more group trainings and things that would allow me to serve more people at a time that I can't take the time to invest in because I'm so busy working one-on-one with clients every day. And Mm. uh, the universe heard me. God's like, okay, no problem. Here you go. And now we have all these scalable entities and staff and strategists, but it was so funny. Like that I knew what I would do. What I would do is I would figure out how to serve more people easier. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's, it's, but I mean, it's interesting because there's, there's three components. So my father, you know, is 83 today and I'm blessed that he's still alive. And I hope that he gets to witness me undoing the mistakes he did or not doing the mistakes he did. Cause that's <laughs> his kind of wish in a way. Cause we, I mean, we got to, frantic history myself and my dad but you know he he made a personal fortune three times Esty. so he could have invested the money he made and cashed out of his businesses three times and never had to worry about money again and he didn't he reinvested everything into businesses and businesses are fallible they're not going to last forever so you know and then i always thought i would say on stage you know guys but you're going to understand my dad no one taught him about investment and wealth and what the actual way he's supposed to play this game of course, I never asked my dad that. I just made that assumption. So I said to him like two years ago, I said, you know that on stage I tell people, and it's okay, dad, you know, no one ever showed you. And he said, oh, what are you talking about? And I said, what do you mean what am I doing? He said, he said, you know, Rob Harris? He's like, you know, I said, yeah, it's your best friend. He said, Rob's worth like 100 million euros. He said, like, Rob told me when I cashed out of one of my companies that he, that he you know, was a public company. So he got a huge payment out when he cashed out his shares. He said, Jack, give me some of your shares. I'll, I'll invest them in my property portfolios that became worth 100 million you know, euros. He, another friend of his was the head of the stock exchange in South Africa. And he, he was the chairman of his company. He said, Jack, let me help you invest into stocks. 
So my dad actually was told what to do. So I said, well, dad, you realize that now I've got no excuse. I just have to say you're an idiot. He said, I told them I'm an idiot. And he said, for God's sakes, Brian, don't repeat my mistakes. Because, and that's actually, I was speaking to somebody else about it. And, you know, that's actually a form of self-sabotage in a way. It's like, this is why this personal game becomes so critical. You know, my dad's probably still got unresolved issues at 83 that, you know, would, would get him to do things like he could force the success short term, but then he couldn't hold on to it. SD, most people's reasons for wanting to succeed in business is to be financially free. The problem is they don't see it as that. They, they, their void is success in business. And they think, so they, you know, they'll reinvest in a business, expand the business, take it too far, push it over the edge, instead of just getting it profitable, taking the money out, investing. And like you said, I mean, the cushion accounts, having your security in place, both personally and business, but investing, investing, investing. I've got friends who are 20 freaking years younger than me that are financially free in the real sense. They have millions of dollars investment. They did, they started with nothing. They, you know, they come from pretty poor backgrounds, but from the age of 20, they were, they started investing. Okay. The one Richard happens to be an investment analyst, so obviously he was trained in it. But it's actually shocking when I look at him traveling around the world, like 32 with his wife, and he doesn't like he he doesn't even have to work. Like he's got he's got one investment just for his philanthropic stuff, you know, for all his like foundational stuff, the stuff he wants to do. He's got masses, of, and all he did was what we should all do, which is take you know like like that famous all those famous books, the richest man in Babylon has been saying for like hundreds of years, just take a chunk of what you earn and put it away. It's just terrible conditioning and we're all going to have to hold, you know, I do think we need to exemplify, um, you know, so we, you know, you can't tell your kids to do this without you doing it because they don't listen. They just follow. So, and we have to, we have to teach entrepreneurs that, you know, a business is about creating profit, but not for the sake of buying a new fancy house, but for the sake of taking it and investing it um, into number one security, like you said, but into your future so that you can actually live off the only real passive income is living off investments, you know, generally safe investments as well. Um, and there's plenty out there and it's very easy to do. So. Passive income, I'm going to make an online course. And I, I see them, I'm like, okay, can I just explain something to you? Not only do I have my own online program, but I've worked with numerous clients building their online programs on the back end and the sales journeys and the funnels. It is a, you're right, it's a passive income. Oh my gosh, I was sitting with someone. I was like, I need a passive income. I'm like, honey, you have a passive income. She's like, no, I don't. I was like, yes, you do. You make money while you're sleeping, right? She's like, yeah, but I'm like, that is called a passive income, <laughs> okay? So level one, let's define. Level two, understand that an online program is still work. It is different work. You are still working. You cannot set it and forget it. It is not a robot on Mars that rode for the next 500 years, okay? Yeah. This is a thing that it is. it lives and it breathes and you have to drive people into it and you have to support it. And you need to update it. This is still work. I was sitting with a friend actually last night another single mom. And she said, we're sitting a few of us together. We went out to dinner and she said, ladies, I'm going to show you this. Not because I'm trying to like be in your face and I'm not trying to like show you. She's like, because you are going to invest also. And I want you to see it. She held up her phone and she showed us a million dollar stock account. She said, ladies, this is what's been happening for me. And this is what I've been doing. And this is how I got here. And if you're not doing this, she's like, and she, she's like, you're going to do this with me. We're like, okay, we're in. <laughs> we're all in. You know, she's like, I'm showing you this screenshot so that you know, it's real. Like this really works. I started with this and I put it in from here. And again, this is a single mom who works full time and she's running like a little business on the side is a regular person, regular friend of mine. Now big name, no big history, no trust fund. You build it. 
to be fair, she does work in the financial space, so she knows this world. Yeah, sure, but I mean, I've, we've I'm got the cash. <laughs> You're going to do it. We've got, I'm, I'm never going to take responsibility. I mean, I was just speaking to somebody now, and he's he's married for one of my the friend I told you about that's worth millions at yeah. such a young age. Um, you know, he advised, he's got an advisory thing. He'll tell you what stocks he invests in and you can just model him. Uh, some of us don't have the kind of temperament to make decisions as to when to buy and sell. And I'm not, trading is a slightly different element as well because that requires a lot of temperament. Um, I tend to invest a little bit longer term. But the thing is that um, it's 100% true. And, what, and the thing is you see in these times, Esty, where there's volatility in the markets, the returns are crazy. With the back of Richard, we're getting like we put it into an investment. Now he says it'll be 12 to 18 months, but then like two months later, he's like, Oh, I'm selling out. Oh, we've already made 64% return. I think it's good enough, you know. And you're like, What? How did you make 64%? And I mean, I've, I've done it with them. And then I'm going, Why did I only put $5,000? I think one of my questions is, and this is something that I've thought about, you know, before, and I know many of my clients have the same question. You have different skill sets, right? And this is like what Michael Gerber talks about. So you come in, you create yourself a salary. Yeah. You've got a talent, you got a dream, you got a vision, you make yourself a salary, you're working in the business, not on the business. Let's say you manage to get a little extra runway and you have, you know, that security, you have your six months and your three months put away. Now you got a couple thousand dollars. It's a whole new skill set to build wealth. That's a whole different thing. If you didn't grow up there, if you don't come from the financial services industry, we don't know what to do. Is there a specific path? Do you just find other people who do? How do you trust them? Meaning once you, once a business owner acknowledges, okay, I agree. I love the idea of passive income, making money while I sleep, not only from an online program, which is like the hottest thing right now, which will go out of style too, okay? Um, but from stable wealth, which is what's been wealth throughout millennia. Correct. <laughs> But I think the thing is, never has it been easier. Look, there's just some rules. There's obviously a lot of nonsense out there. There's a lot of get rich quick. And, you know, I always say, number one, listen to people that have actually done it. When people say they've, they're wealthy, get, get evidence. So, so like, like Richard, I know, does not need to work. You know, I know him personally. I know him really well. I know his, his investments. I want to beat him up every time I see him because he's so young and he's achieved that already. Tony Robbins is worth $500 million, you know, so I'm, you're going to listen to him. John Demartini is worth more than he'll ever need for three lifetimes. You're going to listen to him. Like, like number one, so rule number one is just do a little bit of research on the people you listen to. Number two, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. So anyone that's giving you a get rich quick, you're going to get rich overnight is definitely something you want to avoid because you can lose all your money as quickly as you can gain it. And that's not, you know, going to zero again after five years is, is devastating. The truth is it's long and steady. It's no overnight riches. Uh, obviously, if you can manifest a lot of money that you can put away, you accelerate it. Um, in general terms, if you need to amass $10 million in wealth in order to be financially independent, you probably only need to invest a million over, like, let's say 10 years. And some people go, that's crazy. I don't even earn a million over 10 years. Say, but this is your mentality. This is all you got to start working on. Right now, it's about putting the first $50, $50 a month away. You know, for us in business, honestly, right now it's about making profits so you can take a chunk of your dividend payment and put it into your investments. It, that's why you have a business. It's supposed to be an asset, and yet it's a liability for most people. It's just, yeah, but it's a lot of conditioning. Uh, there's a guy, Rock Thomas, that we're going to be working with in the summits now. He's brilliant in the space. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys that help us understand the mentality. Um, uh, you know, there's actually a lot of people helping in the space now. And, and, you know, when my dad was around or your dad was around, there was very few people helping in the space. I mean, the truth is it has been written about for a long time, Think and Grow Rich, but the richest, the richest man in Babylon is probably one of the you know, greatest and most obvious books. And it's like over 100 years old. 
just it's not hard but it needs a change in, in mentality mindset, and also you ask a better question you get a better answer right like you were saying in yeah. the beginning you know when you sit down and you say well what's wrong with me your brain's going to give you those answers. So you sit down and say like, I can't put this away. I don't even earn this much money in a lifetime. People, it's, your brain's like, okay, you don't, you can't do this. But you sit down, I always say, it's not, it's, it's the can do, right? It's not the how can't I, it's how can I. And so many of us filter for the how can't I. Right? We don't realize that's what we're doing, but that's exactly what we're doing. We're like, well, how can't I do this? Well, I can't do it because of this and I can't do it because of this. And we sit there, we literally sit down with ourselves and we're like, how can't I do what I want to do? You just want to change that. It's a tiny two letters and an apostrophe. That's it. How can I? How might this work? You know, it's switching from the blue room to the green room. And we're entrepreneurs, for goodness sakes. Yeah, you know, it's like, I mean, I, I, people like Richard were doing it on, on, on salaries. The, you know, but the point is we're entrepreneurs. That's the whole point. We're supposed to be able to manifest bigger results. But the interesting about money and, you know, looking after money, money is an energy and there's no question it flows to where it's looked after, where it's cared about, where the right attitude is around it. But the truth is at the end of the day, there's been a lot of people that have spoken about paying yourself first that comes out of lots of literature. People think paying yourself first is paying your lifestyle first. If you actually read the literature, paying yourself first is paying your investments first then you pay your lifestyle, then you pay your business expenses. And some people go, that's crazy. Why would I pay my, <laughs> just think about that logic, right? Why would I pay my personal expenses before my business expenses? And, and that's the whole point. John, John Martini teaches this. He wrote an incredible book called How to Make One Hell of a Profit and Still Get to Heaven. I, I, it's just like, he's not religious. So the first chapter is called What the Hell is Heaven Anyway? But the thing is, it just addresses all of this conditioning that's been put in us. And his whole point was, it's simple, Brian. People are so paranoid about not paying the business expenses that they won't pay their kids' school fees before they pay the business expenses. So if you switch it around... And you say, you know, I'm paying myself before anything else gets paid. You force yourself with greater pain to create the result of actually making enough money to pay your business expenses. And, and but the, the pay yourself first, which is the most critical thing. Like on the 15th of every month, I have a whole lot of debit orders that go off my account into investments. I, I forget about them. Every time I say I'm not great at investing, I forget about the amount that I've accumulated off those or 15 years alone. But the truth is they're in the middle of the month. Most of my other debits are going to go off between the 25th and the end of the month. So, you know, I always know there's money in there at that time, or I'll make sure there's money in that time. And at the end of the day, it just becomes a habitual process. The truth is, um, you know, it's, it's the, the mentality is nonsense. When you start to focus on this, you'll find ways to save money. You'll find ways this, I mean, if nine out of 10 people, you know, if they look at their bank balance, look at everything they pay every month, you could go through and go like, really? Why are you paying this? You're paying a gym contract. When last you got a gym? Six months ago. Cancel it. You know, why are you paying for this? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? A friend of mine calls it squeezing the juice. One Starbucks a week. One Starbucks yeah. a week take it off and invest that 50 bucks and you're set. Or you go to dinner and you, you expect it to pay, but somebody else paid. You go, well, that's, you know, $100. I'm going to just go and put that in I my investment. I just had that. I just had that. I was like, well, that was a fun bonus. <laughs> but it's just a simple mentality so when you play that game i've seen people manifest they said they had nothing to invest and within six months they were investing more than <laughs> i was investing because they just it's just it's a mentality in a game um john and, and tr and a lot of the guys that teach it i mean they jump on me because i always go the mindset i struggle it's not a high value of mine i'm such a good spender i'm proud of it you know and then they go brian just do it i'm like what, what do you mean it's like just do it just put those debit orders in place just do it because action changes the mind as much as trying to change it externally, as much as mind changes the action. And truthfully, SD, it's, it's creating wealth. It's easier than losing weight. Both of them actually are really simple formulas. 
but the truth is, you know, at a time. I always say you can climb any ladder, just not 14 rungs at a time, right? Exactly. And you just do it consistently. And and the truth is, at the end of the day, you'll look back, you know, a few years later and say, like, my whole life's changed because your behavioral change around money. And that's the thing. I mean, I'm still a great spender. I still actually laugh at myself when I see how much I spend in a month sometimes. And, you know, I still invest, but I should be invested more. I was just talking to somebody about this and saying, I think you should become my coach as well because I need an ass kicking. Because, but that's most people, they don't even realize it. I, I've asked audiences, like a thousand people in a room, and before you talk about profit or any of this kind of stuff, you say to them, by the way, what do you do when you make more money? And they instinctly in mass go spend it. They don't even think about it, it just comes out naturally. It's like this loud noise. There's a few of them looking around, man, you guys are nuts because there's always some people there. So my instinct is save it. And I actually have a lot yeah. of clients, like, again, if you come from backgrounds where you didn't have a lot of money or you struggled at some point um, in serious ways, which I have in the past, you know, my instinct is like, have more money, save money. <laughs> I might need that later. And so and the, you're, the, you're the one in the room that's looking at everyone else like they're insane like, because that. like I consistently <laughs> less than I earn and less than I have, but I don't, I haven't, yeah. I've been working on the conditioning to invest as opposed to, to save. And so I'll tell you yeah, something yeah. I recently did, and I just did this by myself. I didn't read it anywhere. I didn't learn it anywhere. I just decided, I'm like, I need to condition myself to pay out because money flows through you. I'm like, I need money to flow through me. And so I need to condition myself to let it out, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get myself to pull it in, but I need to let it out. And so I made myself, I have a little sticky wall and I made a stick and I put it on the wall and it says, who can I pay today? And that's what I look at every morning when I start my day. I'm like, who can I pay today? What money can I let out today to make space for more to come in? Because if I want money to flow through me, then it's not enough for me to say, okay, I need money to come in, right? I need to be a good steward. So I need to say, yeah. where is the money going to go out? Because for every dollar I spend, two come in. For every dollar I spend, 10 come in. But I need to keep spending for more to come in. And it's strategic. And that's an interesting thing. I mean, John also spoke about this thing called instantaneous, uh, instantaneous gratitude, Inst instantaneous exchange, which I actually realized is so true. And, and, you know, recently I said to my team, like, okay, we've actually now agreed to pay our speakers like you in 30 days. Well, how about we just pay them every week? In other words, like reverse the equation, like keep the contract there for 30 days, but just because if the money's there, you know, the only reason we actually put that in is because we were bankrolling, but then we don't have to bankroll anymore. It's like, let the money go out as quickly as it comes in, especially when it's not yours. Like, you know, especially when it's not yours. And then one of my tricks was, spend on saving and investing in other words create create a spend flow that has to go into investment so like your one of the things we did with VAT in south africa and a lot of countries have VAT. now VAT is in and out so everything you charge you collect in VAT. so i'd say take all the VAT you collect and just put it in a, an account right but then of course all the that, everything you spent you can claim that VAT back so if your account's got ten thousand dollars in it and you actually find you only have to pay seven thousand dollars take that extra three thousand dollars and put it into your cushion account and once your cushion account is finished put it into your investment account or your profit share account like you actually got to spend the money's got to flow away from you because right. if you hang i always say if it's in the if it's in the business account it's going to get spent and it'll be spent on the wrong stuff if it stays there too long it's just but that's the thing you see it's like exactly what everyone is saying like it's not just mindset it's just behavior and behavior and ritual is not such a difficult thing to do around money and it will actually shift your mindset but it's it's a journey that everyone has to go on and money's not the only thing because some people make a lot of money but are miserable <laughs> you know and then we always go like oh, i'd rather be happy but broke i'm like well no, i don't think either of them should be an option on the table at all broke people there are people who I, I, I don't know many happy broke people i, I mean maybe know. after enough not after enough alcohol or something they might think that but 
Yeah. Again, money is an asset. It's a power. Everything has, you know, multiple energies and the ability to use it for good or bad. But we Mm -hmm. have, people have so much conditioning, right? Money and relationship, like all of this. If your conditioning is money is bad, you're going to be playing tug of war with it energetically forever, right? Because like, I want it, but it's bad, but I want it, but it's bad, but I want it, but I shouldn't have too much of it. But what's exactly enough? I need just enough to spend on stuff, but not too much that I become like a glutton or I become whatever. So I don't, I don't want to ask for too much because maybe I'm not worth all that much. And, and then you sit there and you're like, why am I not successful? Well, I don't know. (laughs) I have a couple thoughts. (laughs) Some people aren't even conscious of it, Esty. Some people, that's the thing. I mean, self-consciousness or self-awareness is probably the greatest tool we have in this planet, you know, because a lot of people aren't even conscious of that. They just think they're like picked out. I used to believe that when I was younger. I used to think like, maybe it's true that most of us are just on the planet to suffer. You know, maybe you were hand selected before you got here. Like you're going to suffer, you're going to suffer. You, oh, you get a good chance. You suffer, you suffer. And like, it's almost sad that you'd even think that, but, but that's how frustrating it gets. But if you don't create an awareness, which includes the taking responsibility and realizing everything that's happening is what you manifested because of these challenges and these issues and these subconscious thoughts and belief systems. And if you don't go and work on that, nothing will change. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people that still live in that space of, you know, ignorance. And, and they're the ones that have to sit and drink alcohol. And I've got nothing against drinking alcohol because I do it myself, but it's for the right reason, right? Like in other words, drinking alcohol to drown your sorrows or, or sit and just bitch and moan all day about the problems in the world that they can't even do anything about because that's the only thing that gives them a sense of fulfillment. And I guess like my vision in Real Success Network is just to connect as many people on a journey like you and I are on and like many people we know are on. It's our own journeys. No one's not one journey is the same for everyone, but the more we can grow and I talk to a lot of the greatest teachers in the world and, you know, they'll open up to me about how oh, geez, I'm still going through this and I'm, you know, I'm teaching some stuff that I'm still trying to figure out. That's why we teach half the time because we are trying to figure it out ourselves. I didn't start teaching entrepreneurship because I knew better. I wanted to figure out how to succeed myself. You know, personal... the line that they say, you know, those who can't do teach and those who can't teach teach teachers. And I honestly always hated that line. Like I literally, I hate that line. Yeah. I think it's so wrong. It's wrong, completely wrong. I think it's completely wrong. I'm a teacher so that I can learn to do effectively. Exactly. Like sometimes I do and I teach. And I teach it, right? So that's my 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 complaint against those who teach entrepreneurship in university because uh, most of them are not entrepreneurs. So they teach the theory and none of the practicum. Um, and and those who are entrepreneurs are very often not advanced degree holders. And so like I've had so many people ask me if I could teach in university, teach in university classes, like from Uber drivers to to students of mine. Like, why am I not learning this in school? I said I can't teach you in school. I never finished my MBA. I dropped out of my MBA program. So I'm not allowed to. Well, at least you started one. <laughs> uh, for like five minutes. I dropped out because I was going to lose money. It was a whole thing. I wasn't allowed to go anywhere near a tertiary education facility. Yeah, I, just, I dropped out of the MBA program like before it even began because I was going to make more money not in the program. And I'm like, why would I spend money when I could earn a lot more and I'm going to lose money? But it was a whole thing. But yeah. so I love that you said that. So then let's just spend a moment because you know you have achieved so much, you've broken through so much. What is a current struggle for you now in real success? Now that it's flying and things are going and it's expanded and it's, it's working so well, what are the current challenges? So, I mean, in, in look, I, don't, I, I think that as a business grows, firstly, a business tends to only grow as much as you do as the business owner. And as a business grows, you, you have to keep growing. Otherwise, you become the kind of staller of that business. And so, you know, I'm constantly, like now it's a different game. Now it's very much the leadership game because now I have a team 
and and I have to. I, fortunately, I have a really amazing co or a couple of co-leaders, which are really really critical to me. And I, I use various understandings of energy and stuff to also know that. But it's but I'm still a visionary leader, and so there's an expectation of me. And and it's important. I, I had to learn a lot of personal constraint things. I had to learn. Like I have these rules. I'm, I'm very, I'm ADD, very intuitive, very like come up with ideas. Like I've got many people like this and I'm very good at teaching people like that to slow down. It's okay. Like, let's just think about that for a few days before we implement it. But, but I, you know, as a person like that yourself, you have to actually teach yourself a kind of self-discipline. And one of them was, if I come up with an idea, my whole team knows, doesn't matter what level they are in the team, they can say it to me seven days. And what that means is Brian has to think of an idea for seven days before he actually tells anyone about it. And then once he's told anyone about it, he has to put it in writing as in the basic steps and the basic, you know, all the equations before anyone has to actually believe it's real. And, and like my team know this. So if I don't like stall myself, I will create havoc by changing things all the time. Right. So, so it's that kind of awareness. So my, I have coaches and I have people and I'm working on myself to be a better leader. So it's like, you know, I think Tony Robbins always used to say, listen, you know, as you succeed more, you always have problems. You just have different problems. And I'm very grateful for my different challenges, but they still challenges. So don't ever stop growing. You know, that's one of the biggest mistakes. Uh, there's a, there's a phase called teenage phase in business where it seems like everything's going right and you're making a fortune. And it's the phase, the, the reason they call it teenage phase is like teenagers, you get arrogant and you think everything you touch turns to gold. And then of course you completely self-destruct. Um, we need to systemize. We need to build. We need to, if our vision, our vision is very big. We have a very clear vision now for 10 years. We have to evolve as individuals, as leaders, as a business, as an organization continuously. It's a very different game than I was playing three or four years ago. And, and it's a game that you can easily lose, just as easily lose as when you were struggling. So I think, um, and a lot of that evolution is very personal. So I found out there were very personal things in my life that were reflecting on my business, reflecting on how I operated, and me going to address those. My team have been in tears when I've told them stories as of I, as I've gone through it. My team are very like I love that about my team. You know, they very take it very personally. But um, and I'm not finished that journey. You know, and it takes some guts to admit that because I it's changing identity is quite a scary thing. And when you're addressing things from your past that you've lived with all your life, you tend to have a resistance towards it. But in changing some of it had a massive impact in how I connected with people, which was such a critical component to what I did, that I know there's still more that has to be done. And so, you know, and, and people might think, oh, big deal. What like, no, it's actually very scary. I every day I think about it and I, you know, I procrastinate in phoning one of my, you know, one of my amazing specialists that I work with because that's what I do instead of like I have them at my fingertips and I'll wait six months to work with them again it's scary but the truth is I know how critical it is so it's that growth journey personally leadership journey as an organization it changes the whole dynamic of how you play the game when you have a more substantial team and if you don't want to step up into that space you, you're going to you're going to stall and probably fall backwards right. and you know it's funny I've, I've it's got a lot of moving. it's always moving so it's always always moving, moving. And I've got a lot of investor friends and, and it's one of the things they've told me, you know, angel investors and, and venture capitalists, they said, Brian, we've all made the same mistake. We thought we were investing in a business. We're never investing in a business. We're investing in the owner of the business. And they turned down people left, right and center. And I told people in my community, if you get turned down, don't think it's because your idea was wrong or because you weren't worthy of the money from a, from a financial point of view, they're turning you down and you need to go and explore that. And if you get that chance to ask them, say, what about me? Did, 
was concerning you. And if they're honest, they'll say, listen, I don't believe you're going to up your scale as a leadership. Or I don't believe you're going to let go of enough responsibility, you know, all these kind of reasons. And it's unbelievable how I've spoken to dragons. I've spoken to sharks, you know, in, in the high level, I've spoken to lots of friends or low level investors and all of them tell the same story. So if we don't grow, even the investors aren't going to come and support us. Not that I need an investor, but for those that do so. I think that is so interesting that, and, and I'll tell you a story that happened to me actually. So I, we're working on like a, a, a radio broadcast situation. I've been doing the podcast for a while and I met with a, a guy at a big, big radio station in LA. And, you know, I met with him, I went down to the station we were discussing possibilities. And uh, then I sent him, you know, a whole proposal and he listened to the podcast a little bit. And this is already going back probably two years now. I'm doing the show for over three years. And what he said to me was, SC, two things. One, my idea, he said, was a little too niche for broadcast. Like broadcast is broad. Like you need a broader content <laughs> for the show if you want to broadcast, um, which, I, which I did work on. So, but the other thing is, and he, he gave me specific critiques on my interviewing skills, on my speaking. And I thought, you know, my podcast was internationally acclaimed and I had some of the top people. Like I had a lot of real stuff, but he gave me, again, this is a guy who's a big guy in broadcast radio for 20 something years. He gave me very specific critiques. And I remember saying to him, I said, and if I do all of that, and I, I had this insight myself, I said, well, when I do all of that, I'm not gonna need you. <laughs> like I'm gonna be there by myself. He's like, that's right. That's when you could get it. And I, at that moment, I was like, Okay, when you are that person, I think that's kind of what we've been saying the entire time. All those things that you want, you're looking for something outside of you, something artificial to prove to yourself that you're the person you're trying to be, but you won't get them. You won't get the show and you won't get the investment and you won't get the relationship because you're, that thing is not gonna come to prove to you what you're not yet. When you are that person, it's just so naturally you it's just so naturally yours and so the investment will come but you might not even need it and at the point that you don't need it is when it comes and that's also a lot of importance manifestation there's so many things in there but it's also because it's just who you are now you just are the kind of person that has that level of money at your disposal to do what you need to do and so the work is always becoming that person and, and it's a step-by-step -step journey. Like I know for myself building my business from when I was just a freelancer with a dream of a consulting company. And it, it was less than 10 years, right? We were two years to the six-figure profit, but it was maybe seven years till we were like that full-service multinational company that I dreamed of on day one. That's seven years. That's a long time from dream to reality, but it works. And it's a long time, but it's not a long time in the bigger scheme of things. It's not a long time it's, in the bigger scheme of things. I, I think it, it comes full circle to what we started with, which is, you know, we have everything within us right now to be whatever we want to. Um, I mean, I think the key thing is we always think we have to be somebody else. We always think we always put people on pedestals or we put them in the pit. The pit is, you know, we, we hate them and therefore we, we sort of expand ourselves to minimize them or we put them on pedestals to minimize ourselves to put them in there. Um, the truth is at the end of the day, every great trait that a great successful person has, we have within us as well. And it's only through that ownership of that that we realize the power that's actually within us. Every individual has limitless capacity of what they can achieve with their lives. And a lot of people know this intellectually. They just, of course, they don't have belief systems that believe it deep down. And that congruence, that being the best version of yourself, but the best version of yourself is yourself, that is one of the key components. Because it's not that you would be everything that that broadcaster would be. You would be the SD 
with everything externally the broadcaster has, but SDs uniquely. And that's what he knows. And everyone knows that in context. So, you know, we don't want to be the same as somebody else. We want to, we want to learn everything about what they learned from habits to process to what have you, but we want to be ourselves. And that's the greatest, the most powerful version of ourselves. And I think, you know, I, I have no doubt my, my why is, is, you know, it's the great Simon Sinek will talk about all this time start with why is that, you know, I don't care who you are and where you are, your life is always better than it actually currently illustrates. And for me, it was just hanging on to that thread through depression and anxiety as a child, through massive low self-esteem, through all types of challenge, but just somehow knowing, I don't know how or what is gonna happen, but whatever I'm living right now, there's a much better version of it. And I've just got to hang in there. Okay, you also have to do some work I've done later on, but you, you know, like you, you, you will get there. You know, you've got to just believe. And I believe people in my space, that's what they believe. They've all been through their challenges, but they've known, that come hello high water, there's a better version. And even now, and as we succeed, and as we create greater results, we actually realize, wait a minute, there's always three steps more. So we'll never stop progressing. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's that's when you're on the flow to realize, you know, you can just do better and better, but do it authentically. Don't try and be somebody else. Uh, it's really like Esty's Esty. We love your energy. People love who you are. And the more you just be who you are, the more you will produce incredible connections like that and not everyone gets it and that's okay we're not there for everybody we're there for the people that get us and i think this is the key thing so it comes right back to that find out who you are be authentic be true to who you are and, and live your life in congruence and and the rest will actually start to take care of itself with a little bit of effort i love that one of my favorite quotes is actually from dolly parton figure out who you are and do it on purpose yeah like i love it. i yeah. live by that figure out who you are and do it on purpose so on that note tell everyone where they can find you, where they can find out more about the Real Success Network, get involved. You know, we didn't even tell them what you do. Guys, one of the things that Brian does is he puts on these incredible events, learning events for people. Um, and so many of them are free of charge. And it's just an unbelievable service. And, and what you do is just so beautiful. So tell them where they can learn more. So, I, I mean, we do summits every month. So you just go to realsummits.com. Um, and you'll find out whatever the latest summit is. <laughs> Occasionally, it'll be hanging on the last one that just finished, but give it a few days, but the, the team will get in there. But, um, you know, so like we've got one coming up now in the time we record in, we, we've got Deepak Chopra and we've got uh, Les Brown. Les is a regular with us, Jack Canfield, um, you know, Damon John, one of the sharks and, and numerous people, but also, you know, the big names are great, but it's all the names that aren't as big, but actually have sometimes the greater impact, which I love, because, you know, that's what we do. We want to connect people in learning journeys. We spend a lot of our time encouraging people to listen to this person. I know you haven't heard of them before. And we actually ask people when they're coming to our summits, they've often heard of two or three out of 20 speakers, sometimes zero. I love that. The person's never actually heard of any of them, but they, they came in somehow. They just had an epiphany. It's like, enough is enough. i got to learn something. And seeing those light bulbs going on, it's funny on, on a Zoom call, you can actually see it through comments. You can just watch how people interact and see how people are waking up to that realization that their life is so much more than it currently illustrates. And it's it's such a privilege for our whole team to do that. And it's just expanded and expanded. So we do it every month, um, 130, 140 countries in the world, speakers from all over the world. Um, and you just go to realsummits.com. And for real success, as for speakers, who are no doubt, because we get inundated with people wanting to be on the platforms, but also people that just want to be connected with what's happening behind the scenes. Real Success Network on any um, social media. If you just search Real Success Network, you should find, uh, uh, you know, find us on there as well. So those are the two best ways, but realsummits.com, you'll always find out what the next event is. I love that. Okay, now I'm going to surprise you. Surprise, didn't warn you. Um, and I want to ask you for a quote. 
does not have to be a favorite one of all time, but it can be, but I love quotes as I just illustrated with Dolly's quote. Um, and I love how they kind of wrap things up and send people on their way. So you have a quote for us. I, I have a quote that, that, that is mine. I thought it was somebody else's until I couldn't find it for years and they realized obviously I was stuff myself. Um, I love that, you know, you talk about humility. It must be somebody that I heard. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, I can't, I can't find it after five years. But I mean, it's, it's, it's one of my favorite quotes and it's along the lines of something that Tony Robbins taught me years ago, which is, you know, your future is not a reflection of your past. And, and I think that the more we realize that, that whatever, whatever we've been through, and for some people it's been like that for 20 or 30 or 40 years, and they feel really stuck in that way, it can change and it can change rapidly. And, and you know, that's that hanging on to that thread, but it, you know, it's, your, it's in your hands. No one's gonna change it for you but it's not a reflection of your past. And when you kind of realize that I've had massive shifts in my life and, and I've had some progressive and I've had some like instantaneous, but you've got to keep, keep believing that. So it doesn't matter what hardship you've been through, what sex, what age, what country you're in, what color you are, what, you know, what your level of education, none of that matters. All that matters is you knowing that whatever you've been through can actually serve you in becoming the best version of yourself. So your future is not a reflection of your past. Don't worry about how hectic it's been. Let's move forward. Um, and then probably my favorite all-time entrepreneurial quote, which lots you must have heard many times before, is of course Zig Ziglar's, you can have anything you want in life if you can just help enough other people get what they want. And I mean, that is the epitome of service. You know, entrepreneurship is all about serving. So, you know, stop focusing on yourself and stop giving people what you think they want and actually find out what they want and give it to them and give enough of them that and you'll find out you can have what you want. So it's, it's a great quote as a whole. There's two for the price of one. I got, we got bonus. You, you over deliver always. I love it. All right, guys, this was packed. And I know that you know someone who needs to hear this episode. So share it wherever you're listening to this, whether you're on the website at sdran.com slash the podcast or on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. This is everywhere. Share the love with someone that you know needs to hear this. And you know at least one person who needs to start building wealth instead of just giving themselves a harder and harder job and subscribe because more great things coming and we will catch you next week. Brian, thank you so much. This was so fun. It's a pleasure. It's anytime. You've been listening to the business breakthrough podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?